1: I'm Tim Fitzgerald of Gopowercat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay
2: of WIBW show The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and
1: Jack fans, and welcome to the Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowercat.com, and the man across the studio for me is Scott chase and not a fun day to cover football in the state of kansas
2: yeah uh i guess we've said that more often than not lately but you know it is a fun day uh, any day you can outlast ed orgeron's coaching tenure at lsu congratulations how, to fitz for well, now five times him up how
1: about that the guy with the greatest voice in sports is unemployed <laughs> again who knew it mm-hmm. you can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on twitter at the drive 13 and of course answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our twitter page and remember if you ever miss an episode of the drive you can listen to an audio only version that appears each monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com and we start things off with our two minute drill and the two minute drill is sponsored by vanderbilt's your work boot center
2: Kansas State lost its third straight game, falling 33-20 to Iowa State. For now, let's stay focused on that game. What went wrong against the Cyclones?
1: Uh, Basically, everything K-State needed to go right or make go right didn't go right for the Wildcats, even stunk in special teams to a degree. Uh, And when the first play from scrimmage is a simple handoff and you line up wrong defensively and Brees Hall does this, There's no one there. He gets through the line of scrimmage. Everyone was blocked, and you're left with one guy trying to touch him. That's basically all they could do is touch his heel. That pretty much set the tone. And right there, K-State's playing from behind. They made some good plays, but they also had some times when they just made too many mistakes. Scott, this team is in big trouble. And I say that fully realizing they have opened the conference with three of the best teams in the conference. They, They... knew that coming in we all knew that and I said if they can steal a win here that they would be in really good shape at 4-2 and two heading into the second half of the season well they're 3-3 three three. they didn't and steal a win and now you start to worry about the team's confidence because Iowa State was just so much better than Kansas State and they thought this was a game they could win but the players saw that Iowa State's just better and this is something that I think K-Staters need to understand at this point. Remember back when Bill Snyder was first at at K-State and he started beating the likes of Missouri or Colorado or those type of teams, and everyone got mad because K-State was suddenly better than their team and they couldn't understand it, they couldn't grasp it? Well, you're doing the same thing. You can't grasp Iowa State being better on the football field, but after these last two seasons, I think it's pretty clear that a Matt Campbell has got the Cyclones well above K-State in the pecking order. And you can make an argument that the really big difference between this game and last year's 45 to nothing humiliation up in Ames was the location of the game and the presence of Skylar Thompson. Because the rest of the game kind of felt that way even though the score didn't reflect it. Mm-hmm. The score does not reflect how much Kansas State was dominated during key portions of this game. K-State's got to get better we'll talk about that later in the show but Iowa State just right now is better than K-State, and K-State has to perform at a higher level if it wants to compete with these teams.
2: Yeah, I think Iowa State to start the year, disappointing. I think they've sort of found their level, and now you're seeing maybe the, the better side of what they can be. I'm, I'm curious to see how both those teams settle from here, and I know, like you mentioned, we'll talk about that in a little bit.
1: Yeah, very, it's it's very interesting because Iowa State's got a huge one this weekend also. Mm-hmm. Well, Scott, Kansas trailed Texas Tech 41 to nothing before scoring a couple of garbage-time touchdowns. How bad was the Jayhawks' 41-14 loss?
2: Well, really bad, fits and, and I think you could argue that this game was more disappointing than the Iowa State. State game because uh, against Iowa State, you fell behind 28 to nothing. It felt like you, you kind of ran into a buzzsaw, an angry Iowa State team that had already lost its playoff hopes uh, you know, so early in the year and just wanted to show everyone, you know, hey, we can beat the bleep out of a team like Kansas. This game was more of a kind of slow domination, just possession after possession. And you get to the fourth quarter and you start to think, not only when's the last time did Kansas get shut out, when's the last time Texas Tech shut a Big 12 team out? Uh, I can guarantee it's been a long, long time and at least more than a decade. Uh, look, Kansas has a ton of problems right now that are kind of creeping up, getting bigger in some ways and in others just kind of continuing. But Jason Bean was absolutely one of them. You know, he had several passes. You saw one there that was picked off. He had several several more that could have been picked off or should have been. He had one that a Texas Tech defender batted the ball away from another Texas Tech defender who would have probably made the interception defensively problems remain for Kansas it's uh, I think it's showing a lot more in that young secondary now that Kansas has serious coverage issues um, right there there was a guy in Chad Dabney who a true freshman getting his first real game experience he's played but mostly in mop-up time um, doesn't stay with the receiver gives up the touchdown now uh, Kansas did get a couple of garbage time touchdowns late and when I say late I mean that was the last couple minutes of the game Jason Bean was not the quarterback making those throws. That was Miles Kendrick uh, in both instances. A nice uh, throw to LJ Arnold there. Look, I don't know if Kansas knows its identity right now. I think that's a big issue. I don't know how much Kansas trusts Jason Bean right now. That's a big issue. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I-, I think the best thing going for Kansas right now is a running game that's shown improvement. And certainly, that's somewhere you can hang your hat when that's what Lance Leipold wants to do. But I see a team that's really far off from competing right now, Fitz, and I think this was troubling. This is the second-worst team in the Big 12, probably, and this game was not anywhere even near being close.
1: I'm glad you said that, but K-State goes to Lubbock this weekend, so we'll put a pause on that rating of the ninth-best team (laughs) of the conference. Yep, indeed. Oklahoma State remained undefeated with a 32-24 comeback win at Texas. Texas, you got to play the second half also. It's Mm -hmm. part of the game. Scott, is it time to start taking these Cowboys seriously?
2: Well, Fitz, I don't know, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this too. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We might disagree. Uh, what this game more told me is that I'm not taking Texas seriously anymore. Uh, I think Texas's offense is awesome. Bijan Robinson, they can throw the ball. But look, Texas's offense can keep you in games against high-powered opponents. What about that defense that just never comes up with the big stops that it, you know, needs to come up with time and time again? You can go back to that Oklahoma game, In this one, what they gave up 16 points in the fourth quarter, a couple touchdowns, a field goal, and uh, Oklahoma State was in a position to be going for two. So that's why the the score kind of looked a little bit different there. But, uh, yeah, look, I, Oklahoma State, their run game has been better than I thought it would be. Oklahoma State defensively has been solid. So this is not a typical Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State team. And I guess it's kind of been that way uh, for a couple of years now just based off the personnel they've had. I think Oklahoma State right now is clearly the third best team in the Big 12 but I don't see this Oklahoma State team being better than Iowa State right now, and I don't see this Oklahoma State team being better than Oklahoma with what we've seen out of Caleb Williams, their backup quarterback who came in and was tremendous. So I take Oklahoma State more seriously than I did. I'm still not totally buying them as one of the two best teams in the Big 12.
1: You know, Oklahoma State is the Rocky of Big 12 football. You hit them, you hit them, and they just don't go down. They don't go away. Mm -hmm. Mike Gundy, just managed that football game to the point where his team could come back. It was remarkable to see once the door opened and Oklahoma State charged through it, Texas just stopped. They just, in fact, they literally gave up that touchdown on purpose at the end of the game to get the ball back, mm-hmm. which is a sign of pure desperation from a program that shouldn't be in that position. Oklahoma State's pretty good. I am really intrigued by this weekend's Iowa State Oklahoma State game mm-hmm. because that's going to say a lot about the Cowboys. They don't win pretty. But the name of the game is winning, and they get it done. I've seen some pretty good teams just barely get by in some games, and they end up being pretty good teams, even though they don't have an explosive offense. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate.
2: Well, last week's question was, facing a quarterback controversy, is Oklahoma a legitimate college football playoff contender? Only 33% of people saying yes, 67% saying no. But Fitz, I think if we ask that question again with what Caleb Williams did this week, my guess is yes would be a lot higher. Certainly it is for me.
1: I almost wish we were asking the exact same <laughs> question again. Here's this week's question. K-State's next three games are at Texas Tech, TCU in Manhattan, and at Kansas. So. Two more road games in the next three, but predict those Wildcats records over the next three weeks. Three and oh, two and one, one and two, oh and three. Those are the only possible choices. Mm-hmm. Make sure you vote on our Twitter page at the Drive13.
2: No ties included this no time. No ties included. Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on the drive.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
1: Welcome back to the drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill the two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's your work boot center
2: Well fits now let's turn our attention to the road ahead for Kansas State Wildcats are now three and three at the midway mark of the season How important is Saturday's game at Texas Tech
1: It's huge uh, this has been something I have said in front of almost every game but you sense the enormity of it as you go to the postgame press conference. And it really felt like a funeral at the in the football complex. K-State ha- knows it has to get things turned around. This is a very winnable game. They've got a stretch of winnable games. They opened with a really tough portion of the Big 12 Conference schedule. And now they've got to figure out a way to improve, to play at a higher level. And that probably will start on defense because the defense uh just hasn't been getting third down stops in key situations the defense hasn't been getting turnovers and for two weeks in a row the defense hasn't gotten adequate pressure on opposing quarterbacks in fact for the second game in a row the opposing quarterback only had three incompletions in an entire contest while throwing more than 20 passes it's incredible this this defense isn't challenging an opponent's offense very well and they're going to have to find a way to do that yes they've had some key injuries at defensive end that have negated some of the things they wanted to do. Well, you better find new things that you want to do because this defense isn't rushing the passer and they're not covering guys in the back end. You got to do one or the other and they're not getting there. And offensively, Scott, they've got to figure out a way to be more threatening with the passing game. They finally opened it up a little bit towards the end of the game and had some success and threw the ball to the tight end, something they really didn't do earlier in the game. They do things in late-game situations, and we've seen this throughout the time that Courtney Messingham's been the offensive coordinator, that they haven't done throughout the course of the game that appear to be effective. And I don't have an explanation for some of the play calling, but they were pretty adamant about running the ball down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. They were pretty adamant about not going too fast when they should be going fast with a hurry up offense late in the fourth quarter when they're trying to make up points. They just do things you can't quite understand and I'm not one to say that Courtney Messingham always calls bad games because that is not true. Mm -hmm. Every offensive coordinator looks good when the players execute a play well as opposed to not. But at the end of the day, it does come down to coaching. And you have to put your players in a better chance, better position to succeed on both sides of the ball. And, oh, yeah, special teams, you can't do that. That's not Mm -hmm. the K-State way to stink it up in special teams.
2: Yeah. Well, Fitz, I know it was our poll question, but if you look at the next three weeks, there's a real opportunity for Kansas State. I mean, 2-1 and should be considered probably the bar that you've got to clear if you want to have the season you do. But, look, if they go 3-0, and which – is somewhat plausible considering the TCU game is at home. Uh, I think the tune on this K State team will change drastically, and maybe maybe it will with two and one too.
1: Well, they need it. They need mm. to get. They really need three in a row. They absolutely do to get the bowl eligible and then have those last three games against some pretty decent opponents. Mm-hmm. With the loss to Texas Tech, Kansas finished the first half of this season at one and five with the lone win against South Dakota.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How would you? grade Lance Leipold's first six games?
2: It's a really tough question. I know I wrote it for you to ask me. It's still a really tough question, so maybe I'm giving myself credit. Incomplete would be the nicest way to say it. I think maybe the more realistic way to say it would be underwhelming. And that's not necessarily an indictment on Lance Leipold and this coaching staff because This is a coaching staff that has built some really impressive programs at past stops. At least you think what they did at Buffalo, obviously Wisconsin Whitewater was a machine at a lower level, Uh, but Buffalo went through similar bumps and bruises where year one wasn't great, year two was worse. Uh, And there were people wondering if it was possible to turn around the Buffalo program uh, before things eventually got better. I think the things that are troublesome now, turnovers are more of an issue through these last few weeks than they were at the start of the season. Uh, I think it's become very clear that Kansas's offensive success in games like the Coastal Carolina game and the Duke game were in part due to the opponent not necessarily having power five caliber uh players on the defensive end and that's including duke i know duke is a power five team and i'm pretty sure the blue devils just lost like 48 to nothing or something like that to virginia this week so you know duke is by no means a powerhouse although you know the blue devils certainly have a decent offense when i look at this kansas team i see a team that's not just a year away from starting to to show serious signs of improvement and winning a few games I see a Kansas team that's missing players at a lot of key spots and I think part of that you can go back to the transfer portal and say, well they lost a couple of defensive linemen to the SEC and they lost their top two cornerbacks and they lost their top two receivers. I think that's valid. I don't want to pretend like it's not, but I think it's kind of a bigger issue than that where you did fix the roster numbers, you did fix the scholarship numbers if you're less Miles and that's great, but now you've got to balance this roster in experience. It's really young. There are more redshirt freshmen and sophomores playing than true freshmen, so that's certainly better than was the case last year. But uh, I think you probably have to go out and hit the portal this offseason and add names at linebacker, probably in the secondary, just so you feel better about the people you're throwing out there. Because right now, there are too many instances where no matter how good this coaching staff is doing or how much they're working with the guys, you can't coach someone up to make up for a three-year gap in experience. You just can't.
1: Yeah. It's The portal is going to be huge for both programs. I've mm-hmm. got to go get guys. And you know what, Scott? I love the portal for that reason. Because programs such as Kansas, that is really down, or K-State, that needs a little added boost, portal gives them a great opportunity to do so mm-hmm. if they're smart in their selections. Mm-hmm. And now we Step Out of Bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years.
2: Well, Fitz, the Chiefs return to winning ways with a win at Washington, 31-13. With five games left until the bye week, what do the Chiefs need to do to show you that they're still a legit Super Bowl contender this season?
1: They have to defend at a more consistent level. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is going to start sounding like Kansas State I'm talking about. (laughs) And the quarterback, um, who I think is pretty good in Kansas City, (laughs) needs to clean up his mistakes. He he's kind of bought into his own headlines, his own reviews, and he feels like he can do almost anything and throw the ball almost anywhere and be successful. Well, it's not working this year. He's already I think he's already got more interceptions this season than last, and we're not very far into this season. This Chiefs team could be pretty good, and it certainly is good enough to get deep into the playoffs, not the Super Bowl again, but they've got some issues. They really have some serious issues. And the best thing I can say about this game is the Chiefs looked good in the second half, and I thought Washington's uniforms were lovely fall colors. (laughs) Just beautiful for the fall. Uh, This was not a very pretty game. The Chiefs dominated that second half, Scott, but boy, they've got some serious issues and they have a long ways to go, but at least they got a little confidence back with a win.
2: Yeah, look, that second half was explosive. It was important for them I think to pull away from an opponent and Yes, I think we agree. Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the NFL and still a future Hall of Famer and still has so much to to go in front of him. But I do agree from the extent that there are just a few plays every game where it's like, you know, maybe he wasn't making that play and maybe he feels like he needs to force it a little bit more because the defense isn't as good. But I think if you rein those in, the Chiefs will be just fine. And and yes, I agree. I do think the defense needs to get better, too.
1: Nothing probably frustrates a quarterback more, though, than throwing a ball that your receiver gets his hands Mm -hmm. on and it bounces off and ends up intercepted and that happened at k-state on saturday also just got to clean those things up you yep. got to make plays mm-hmm. now let's hear from the fans and our fan question is sponsored by metal Arc, supporting people in living their best lives in manhattan uh, our fan question this week is, how hard is it to find a quarterback asking for a friend, Lauren and Lawrence? I like that, Lauren and Lawrence.
2: Well, Scott? It's, I think it's apparently pretty hard. You know, <laughs> funny enough, uh, Carter Stanley, former KU quarterback, the most successful since Todd Riesing, he was at the game. He stopped by the press box. Um, we shared a brief conversation just talking about um, the different ways quarterbacks can affect a game. He was talking about quarterback run game and how he likes when quarterbacks truck over guys. I reminded him that that's what he did a a lot for kansas and it fired up the team but uh look jason Bean through the first few games it felt like he was the guy and it felt like the answer not just for this year but for next year and if he wants to use this super senior year than that year too. Now I think there are some more questions just because he's been so inconsistent throwing the ball. And it's not just, you know, a certain kind of throw, it's decision-making, it's putting touch on the ball, it's throwing on the run. When he gets outside of the pocket, he's having a really hard time placing the ball. These are things that are difficult. Now I think he can get better and improve at them. I don't think you necessarily need to abandon ship and change quarterbacks or go get a transfer but I think you need to see legitimate improvement from Jason Bean before he is the guy, because Fitz, Kansas' three Big 12 games, seven points, seven points, and 14 points, all 14 came from the backup quarterback. That's a problem.
1: Yeah, I, I, uh, I apologize for this comparison, but like Mahomes, when a quarterback starts pressing and trying to do too much, mm-hmm. it usually doesn't end well. And I just sense that Bean doesn't have enough stuff, enough protection, enough weapons on that offensive side. And he's just trying to do make the big play too often.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And remember that Fitz just compared Jason Bean to Patrick Mahomes. I I (laughs) I own it. (laughs) When we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive.
1: Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show, and now it's time to take a look at our predictions. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive Thirteen. Let's look at last week's results. The viewers went two and one. I went two and one. Scott, um, you've been possessed by my ability to pick games <laughs> from last year.
2: We'll figure it out, Fitz. Hey, it's a process, it's a process, it's a long season. We got a lot of ground to make up.
1: Uh, I don't want you making up that ground, let's (laughs) not do it. Here's this week's pick, so we start with Kansas State, we set it as a Mm pick'em, it's been floating around, one in favor, one against, whatever. Pick'em, who wins this game, Scott, you say?
2: I will say Texas Tech, which is probably a great sign for K-State fans.
1: I will take the Wildcats, somewhat reluctantly, believe it or not. (laughs)
2: Well, next is Oklahoma minus thirty nine and a half. This is where we're putting the line. It'll probably end up there at Kansas, Oklahoma, a 40 point favorite. Will they win by 40 fits? You say
1: 40 or 40 or more. Will K-State or Oklahoma win by 40 or more? Yes. Ouch. That hurts so bad to say. (laughs) You you haven't made up your mind.
2: I think last year's game was like 52 to nine or something like that. This is such a big line. It's at Kansas, I'll take Kansas for the last time, but put this on the record. If Kansas doesn't cover this line, I'm not picking Kansas the rest of the year. I will pick against them consistently, no matter what the line is. You're
1: a brave man. And our last game of the week is Oklahoma State plus six and a half at Iowa State. So does Iowa State win by seven or more at home? I want Oklahoma State.
2: I think uh, Oklahoma State's been playing with fire in terms of some of the close games. Iowa State seems to be getting right to me. That's a lot of points. I will take Iowa State, but that is a lot of points. Yep,
1: again, make our, your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive 13 And now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock, sponsored by Carpet One, by local for a strong local community,
2: Scott. Well, Fitz, one of the many people back for homecoming that happened to be on the field for part of the time was Les Miles, the former Kansas coach. Actually, I saw him getting the chance after the game to talk with some players, uh, took some pictures, maybe even met with some Texas Tech players. Not everyone saw him. I don't think it was anything that Kansas brought in, but it was interesting to see him back. His son is still on the team, and it is kind of a reminder that he brought a lot of those guys in. So a lot of them still have very strong feelings just for who he is.
1: Well, Kansas State will be facing an off season with some changes. Big changes, little changes, we don't know. But over the next three weeks, we're going to find out a lot about Chris Kleiman's program. Can they win a majority of these games? We will find out. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week and all week on social media. Okay, picture this.
0: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.